All right. So this summer, we're going to be going through a new preaching, um, preaching series all about the seven traditional virtues that are in opposition to the seven deadly sins. And maybe you're not familiar with these virtues or the corresponding sins, but they're things that we don't really talk a whole lot about these days. At the very least, we spend less time on them. But they're something that grew out of the monastic life within the Middle Ages, and they were a way to keep order. They were a way to show people what the goal was, what to aim for, and what things to avoid, and how to, how to avoid those things. But we live in a culture and a context that is heavily impacted by these things. We are impacted by pride, gluttony, lust, anger, sloth, and greed. So perhaps it's really important for us to go back to these things again, to cultivate the virtues of humility, kindness, temperance, chastity, patience, diligence, and charity. So throughout this summer, we're going to be going over one virtue at a time, and we're going to spend time focusing on these virtues, and we're going to find new ways to routinely practice good habits that will help us in our formation of character. And not just with our own ability, because we can't do these things alone, but working on in com combination with God's word and by leaning and depending on the spirit who helps us. So with that being said, today we are going to be looking at the virtue of humility. But before we look what exactly humility is, first we need to understand what it is in opposition to, and that is pride. So most often, sin turns us away from God. But pride, it's different in that it puts ourselves above God. Pride says that I am central. I don't need God or anyone else's help. I can do it on my own. The proud want to have others' approval, to have their greatness noticed, always having to prove that they are right, and often they look down on others. So in comparison, humility is to think rightly of ourselves who we are and where we are in relation to God. So sometimes when we think of humility, we wrongly assume that it is thinking less of yourself, thinking demeaning or low thoughts about ourselves. But this is not what humility means. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but instead thinking of yourself less. It is an honest understanding of who we are. So to highlight this concept of humility over pride, I want to read from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, which will be found on the screen behind me in a moment. I apologize to whoever brought me a glass of water. I don't trust myself without a lid. <laughs> And the scripture reads, he also told the parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. So we have two characters in this parable. We have the prideful Pharisee and the humble tax collector. So let's take a look at the Pharisee first. So Jesus tells of a well-respected religious leader who by his own account is following all the details of the Mosaic law. He fasts twice a week. He gives 10% of his money to the temple. He doesn't act like the thieves or adulterers or even like the tax collector. So from an outside perspective, the Pharisee was a model person. And then we have the tax collector. And we see the contrast between the two men. So unlike the Pharisee, who most likely was in a very central place in the temple, praying for all to see and hear, the tax collector, he stands far off. His eyes are down. He's beating his chest in repentance. And he just offers up a very simple prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He knows who he is, and he owns up to it. And Jesus makes his point very clear in the next verse. He says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the other, being the Pharisee. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. So the Pharisee is, by all accounts, living his life in a good way. He's doing all the things that he should be doing. But Jesus, he has no words of praise for him. And instead, he says that he won't be humbled. Or sorry, he will be humbled and he will not be justified. Because even though he is living his life the right way, at least in an outward way to others, it is all, everything that he has done is ruined by his pride. The way that he compares himself to others, who he sees as beneath him, even his prayer is so pride-filled. It is so full of looking at himself. He says, look how great I am, God. And then the tax collector, on the other hand, he sees himself very clearly. He knows that he has sin in his life, and he comes before God with humility, asking only for God to be merciful to him. The difference between them, that the Pharisee, with his pride, he felt that he deserved God's blessing. Well, the tax collector knew that he did not deserve God's blessing, but he asked and he hoped for God's mercy anyway. The Pharisee wasn't looking for transformation like the tax collector was. He just wanted to be seen for how good he already thought he was. So what does this mean for us right now? How do we apply this into our lives? How do we cultivate humility? C.S. Lewis writes in Mere Christianity that the first step is to realize that one is proud. And it's a big step, too. At least nothing whatever can be done before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means that you are very conceited indeed. Meaning that an attitude of humility, it has to begin with the awareness of our pride. And if you think that you're not prideful, you probably are. And we all struggle with pride. And cultivating humility, it needs to begin with confession. So that's my first point of application is confession. It's the first spiritual practice that will help us overcome our pridefulness and cultivate humility. And I want to be clear, I say this very, like, it sounds very simple. It is a very hard thing. It is a very hard thing to overcome our pride and to, to create this, this practice of routine confession. 
I was reading through Adele Calhoun's book, um, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, and she talks about confession by examining your life in light of the, deadly, the seven deadly sins, which obviously we're going to be spending a lot of time over the summer going over in connection with these virtues. And she also talks about examining your life through the Ten Commandments and prayers of confessions from prayer books or scriptures, such as Psalm 51. So confession, it's good for us. But I think that often we don't allow ourselves the time to really reflect on our lives and to confess our sins to God. And I think often it is that pride that doesn't allow ourselves to look at that sin too closely, let alone come before God and confess it. So this week, take some time and sit down and reflect and come before God in confession. Open yourself up to God. Allow God to transform you. Allow God to show you those areas of sin and pride in your life that you can address it. And another area of confession that will really help cultivate humility is not just confessing to God, but confessing to others. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. When I did a, <clears throat> a short-term mission trip, the girls that I lived with, we took time at least once a week to sit down with each other and confess any sins that were in our lives, both to God and to each other. And let me tell you, voicing the sin in your life out loud to someone else is a definite way to cut the pride and humble yourself. And it was really hard at first. My pride just didn't want me to tell these girls about any negative behaviors or sin in my life because I wanted them to think highly of me. But the experience of creating that routine and opening up to other people and being vulnerable in that way was very healing for me. And as we all realized together that we all struggled with sin, we had a lot of the same issues that we were going through and sin in our lives. And it also kept each of us accountable to each other. And it created an even closer community for those weeks that we lived and ministered together. And that leads into the second way that you can cultivate humility, which is community. Because in community, pride is confronted. When we're close with each other and hold each other accountable, we need to be real with each other. And it's hard to hold up that fake mask it doesn't allow for the fakeness of pride. In addition, being part of a community, it allows us to be a servant to others. So again, moving away from this self-only view to putting other first. And this is critical if we're trying to follow Jesus' example of a servant attitude. We can't have that me first attitude and also be a servant to others. So find those people in your community that you can be accountable with. Find those people that you can serve. The final area in which cultivates humility that I'm going to talk about today is worship. When we think of pride, it's where we're putting ourselves first. And humility is thinking of ourselves less. So the very act of worship is to turn our attention and praise to God. So when we come to God in worship, we love and we praise God. We turn all of our attention to him and we can forget about ourselves. And worship can be like what we're doing right now, coming together, singing songs of praise to God, praying, hearing his word. But worship can and should be a daily practice. So as you spend time each day with God, worshiping him in whatever way that that is, listening to music, praying, 
art, being in nature, just seeing with your own eyes what an amazing creator our God is, you see more and more of how big and amazing God is. And that automatically just leads to having a less of a focus on ourselves. So this is what grows humility and loses pride. And I want to be clear that all of these areas that I've talked about, they're not something that we can do alone. It's not just your own effort, because we need that help. We need Jesus' help. We can't, not only can we not do these practices without help, but it's also important to remember that the practices alone are not the thing that changes us. They are not the thing that transforms our lives. They are just the practices that make room for God to come in and work and transform our hearts. Because pride closes our hearts and it doesn't allow for spiritual growth. But humility, it opens us up to more of God's grace. Pride prevents us from seeing our sin and brokenness and being able to accept the gift of redemption. Humility allows us to see our need for salvation and see that we cannot save ourselves. Pride has been a central factor in humanity since the fall in Genesis. And that sinful rebellion against God separated us from him. And it takes humility to realize that we are dependent on God. That the problem of sin, it can't be fixed by us. That we are dependent on God to fix our brokenness and to be restored. I want to take a minute just to come before God now in prayer. So if you'll join me. Father, we come to you now like the tax collector. With humility. We are sinners. And we just ask for you to be merciful to us. Help each one of us to look inside of ourselves, to see past the pride, and to see ourselves rightly, to know that we need your salvation. We cannot fix the brokenness in this world and in ourselves without you. Help us cultivate this virtue of humility, to put you first, to have an attitude of servanthood, to help bring more people back into relationship with you. Show us the areas that we need to work on this week and open our hearts to continued transformation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.